What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Um, love doing this. Love having you guys here. My, my special guest today is Dustin Tizik. Uh, he's a VP of Marketing and Growth at Jostle. Um, great to have you, Dustin. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam. Looking forward to this. Yeah, so you're a fellow podcaster yourself, so this should be fun. Um, yeah, it's but, nice being on the other side for once, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a new way we're kicking off the show to make it really fresh. Um, we've done it a few times, so maybe people are getting uh, bored of it by now, but I don't care. Uh, are you a Pepsi or a Coke guy? Oh, neither really, if I had to choose Coke, though. Okay, choose yeah. Coke. Okay, so what are you like? Tea, coffee, what is it? Water. Mostly coffee. Yeah, that's my caffeine of choice go. for sure. <laughs> coffee and water. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm not much of a soda guy either. But if I had to choose, it'd have to be uh, Team Coke for sure. Um, nice. But cool, awesome, man. Good to get a little uh, to know a little bit about you uh, to kick things off. Um, but let's go a little bit deeper than that. Uh, besides just soda and coffee, um, would love to hear like a quick rundown of uh, maybe your team, um, what it looks like for you coming is some of your background into coming into Jostle. Uh, so spend a minute or two giving us the background on Dustin. Cool. Yeah. So I kind of refer to myself as a converted salesperson. So I started in sales. <laughs> That's cool. I still love sales and it's kind of a nice blend there. Um, but I started in sales mostly because I graduated with a psych degree. And unless you're going to go do a doctorate, not much else you can do. So <laughs> hopped right into sales kind of accidentally, uh, spent about six years there in ed tech through the transition of like people buying books to pirating books to everything going online, which was kind of interesting uh, being in that transition. And I quickly realized I was doing marketing things as a salesperson. So this was a long time ago, but it was things like mail merge instead of knocking door to door and like customizing the pitches that way. And kind of what you would consider proper outbound sales now, but was very marketing you back in the day. Um, and I realized that was just more my thing. So I went back to school to get my MBA in marketing to, understand the theory, realize that's just theory. So I launched my own super little e-commerce project selling pocket squares um, cool. just to learn Facebook ads and learn how to build a website and mm -hmm. like get that hands-on experience. Um, post MBA, they push you into go to consulting, go to healthcare, go to big companies. I hated that. I'd been in big companies. It totally wasn't my thing. Um, so I, I found Jostle, saw what they're doing, thought it was super interesting uh, joined on really early. We were 25, 30 people at the time. Mm -hmm. um, marketing team of three. Shortly after I started, the other two people left and it was a marketing team of me. And it was, <laughs> it was definitely an interesting transition yeah. in my first like pure marketing job. Yeah. Um, but super fun. Learned very, very fast kind of because I was thrown in the deep end. Um, and since then, I've, we've grown. We're 75 people now, um, seven people on my marketing team. Wow. Everything from so customer marketing, product marketing. 10% is yeah. good. That's impressive. You yeah, don't see it, that very often for, uh, even in the SaaS world, unfortunately, like of the entire company size. That's awesome. 
For sure. Yeah. And I think part of that is like, we'll probably hop into it later, but the way we sell, we don't actually do outbound sales yet. Like cool. marketing owns all leads until they say, Hey, I want a demo or Hey, I'm on the trial. This is awesome. Let's talk pricing. And then we have a really lean, awesome, really great sales team, but it's really three people. So it's mm-hmm. maybe flipped on its head, the typical model a bit. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, before we get into kind of the questions I had prepared, one thing did pop up. Um, yep. I listen a lot to Chris Walker. He's one of my favorite marketers um, right now. I just love his stuff. And he said he did the same thing that you did. He launched an e-com store and he learned real quick uh, what to be spending on, what not to yep. be, because it wasn't Monopoly uh, venture cash anymore. <laughs> it was his hard-earned cash that he was uh putting into his own business to understand ACV, everything. Um, yep. So tell us what that was like. Was Are you really glad you did that? Like, did that severely impact your decisions now as a marketer? It definitely did. And I love Chris Walker. It's always great. A lot of really good content from him. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it definitely, it was my own money and I was in school and do my MBA, which is expensive. So money was at a premium. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so I was exceptionally cheap in how much I would spend. But it was nice because I knew, okay, it's going to cost me this much. I need to get this much revenue for it or else I'm just blowing through money I don't have. Um, So it did lead me to also like play around with paid and understand that and conversion rates and stuff, but also realize you can't just rely on that. Like you need to, I actually sold mostly through Instagram at the time because it was a visual product. It was pocket squares. It was reaching Mm -hmm. out to influencers before there was really influencers because this was like seven years ago when Instagram was a little newer. Um, I would recommend anyone who wants to get into marketing, like do your own side gig, no matter what it is, it's the best way to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I was going to ask, what is the one thing that if, even if they can't start an e-commerce store, let's say their bandwidth isn't that high. What is the second thing that you would um, say? Is that the one piece of advice is just, Hey, do what you can and just go out there and do the e-com store. I mean, if you if you can and that's your interest, I would recommend uh-huh. it. But I mean, even if it's building your own website or trying to build your personal brand and creating content yeah, yeah. or just something hands-on, like I mm-hmm. I went to business school and they teach you they don't teach you hands-on marketing at most places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, companies like Reforge and, and a bunch of others are popping up that do that really well. But yeah, just get out there, get your hands dirty, and learn and screw up and make mistakes is kind of my advice. Screwing up. It can be fun. That's (laughs) yeah, exactly. You learn a lot from it. That's for sure. Um, But yeah, let's, let's hop into what we have planned out. I love rabbit trails. So that was a good one. Um, (laughs) So I honestly, a lot of uh, people that have been on the show have said like, look, the MQL model, MQL model is broken. Um, Mm -hmm. You being in sales previously probably realized that more than others. Um, it needs to change. And I think a lot of companies are adopting uh, the thought that you shouldn't be measured by leads anymore. The marketing team shouldn't be measured by leads. Um, that being the case, let's try and dig a little bit deeper into why and how you guys have done that at Jostle. Was that like a belief that you had early on or, or did you have to come in and say, look, uh, from a sales perspective, this isn't how it should be operating? Yeah, I was fortunate that early on we we had that viewpoint. Um, so mm-hmm. we aren't venture backed. We've never had institutional investors. We had small private investors and kind of bootstrapped our way. So mm-hmm. rather than saying we need to get 
500 leads because I can get you 500 leads. I, cause I, I own what the definition of a lead is, right? So <laughs> I, I could really make that number as big as you want, but that's useless. Uh -huh. um, so we very much always worked backwards, right? So in this channel, roughly we know the conversion rate from lead to customer. So we can spend this much per customer, which means we can spend this much per lead. And if those conversion rates go off, the whole system falls apart and we're just mm -hmm. blowing money. So we've always kind of had that, that model um, when we're investing very bottom of funnel, right? Like it's, it's mm -hmm. different if you're putting out content and generating demand, but for capturing demand, we've always been quite disciplined there, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is cool. Um, so a lot of times you have, uh, I don't even know how to phrase it, like low intent or minimal intent leads yeah. still coming in. So obviously the belief with like the MQ model is, and I keep spitting that one out. The MQL model um, <laughs> being broken. Yeah. Uh, it's because, you know, marketers are pumping these crappy leads to sales. Um, but if you're still getting what is, quote, crappy, and I'm, for those listening, I'm doing this in two finger quotes, um, <laughs> crappy leads, uh, whether it's contact information from a webinar, content download, those can still sort of be valuable in a way because, what do you get? You can cadence them or however it is you have it set up. So what do you guys do with that? What happens if you run out of the great leads? Is this, do you tier them and pass the great ones to sales at the beginning of the month and then say, Hey, this is what we're to now. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So I think what we've always done is, so the typical funnel is kind of subscriber lead MQSQL op customer, right? Mm -hmm. We went down a rung essentially. Mm -hmm. So our equivalent of an MQL lead is, they hand raised for a demo or they've been in our trial and said, okay, I need to talk to sales to figure out if I'm going to buy this or not. Yeah. Um, and that's why our team is, is super lean. We do create a quite a bit of content. So we do get, like you said, those more top of funnel. They're not going to buy an intranet right now. They might not ever yeah. buy an intranet. Um, so my focus there is provide value and get them to recognize our name and recognize our brand. If they gave us an email address for a webinar or you know, like a course or something that's a bit higher value, higher intent. Mm -hmm. I just want to keep giving them good content. And then eventually, mm -hmm. maybe they move to a company that's buying an internet or communication software. And they're like, hey, guys, check out Jostle. Mm -hmm. And that's how I buy most things. Like yeah. there's so many marketing technology software out there that like I go with what someone recommended to me or who's provided me value online and good content. So mm -hmm. for the like generating demand, that's really our focus. Mm -hmm. um, let's dive into generating demand more because I, I love this topic. Uh, what are you guys, you say, what are you guys doing? You mentioned content, providing value. Um, walk us through that process for you guys. Yeah. So I kind of view the, the whole funnel as three buckets, right? Like, so we talked with about the hand raised demo trial one. That's one. Below that, there's, I would call like mid intent. So they're searching for internet, internal communication software stuff, right? So internal communication examples or strategy. And those ones are a little bit different. Um, and we do focus there a bit, but a lot of our focus is a level up from that. So what problems do we solve at Jostle? So we write about things like leadership, improving company culture, improving internal communications, and using that to get high volume traffic, both from an SEO perspective, but then finding ways to keep engaging with them after the fact so that they then continue to follow our content. Um, so that's really our goal. I mean, a lot of, I love SEO, but a lot of SEO blog posts, 
95% of those people are going to read three lines, be like, Hey, I'm not finishing this. I'm gone. And it looks great because yeah. you have tons and tons of views, but mm -hmm. did anything actually happen with them? Right. Yeah. So you guys, you do write content, um, for SEO, but it's not really a high priority, right? It's yeah, it, we do a bit of both. So we do, we do that. Um, so that kind of pushes you to do listicles and all that stuff that no content writer mm -hmm. likes doing, but it's kind of a necessary <laughs> evil to get volume. So we definitely do that. But I think our focus now has switched a little bit more to what are people actually caring about now? How can we get them engaged? What is an interesting thing that will maybe get some two-way communication? Um, and that's why like, we've switched from webinars to what we call conversation series, where it's not a bunch of people reading our slides. It's they can join in and have a conversation and we can go roundtable on it. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's the way Clubhouse is kind of proving that, right? That's the way people want to communicate now. They don't want to sit there and look at a bunch of slides. Mm -hmm. um, so in addition to what you're doing on the SEO content side, are you guys exploring organic channels at all for Jostle? Um, a little bit. So we've, we're branching a little bit more in different types of media. So the podcast being one, um, mm -hmm. I think we're the only one in our kind of niche space that has really doubled down on that and focused on it. That's a great place to be then. Yeah. And, and I mean, my thought, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about podcasts a little bit later, but my thought on it is it's kind of the most personal way and the way you can actually capture someone's attention for a reasonable amount of time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we want, my goal is for someone to have an emotional attachment to the brand in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. I think podcasts do that because they're listening to my voice uh, while they're going for a jog. Right. And it's 20, 30 minutes, not 32 seconds on a web page. Yeah. So we're trying to find ways to do that. We're exploring things like, can we build a virtual community? Is a Slack community something we could actually support and sustain? Like, I just think that's the way things are going now that we really need to shift and focus on. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is the connection, like you said, to you is so much deeper and people yeah. are way more willing to um, commit to a 30 minute podcast than they are a 4,000 word blog post. Yeah, And I think it's because it's so easy to pop something in your ears and just kind of go and continue what you're doing. But man, if, like you said, with content and SEO, like you really have to commit to doing just that because you can't yeah. read and do something else. It just doesn't work. If, if someone can let me know, because, because <laughs> yeah, I sure can't, I'm so distracted, but um, with a podcast, it's such a cool play because people can be on a jog. Like you said, they, you can't read a blog while you're out jogging. It just doesn't work like that. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just easy. So not only are you building the connection, but you're making it easy to consume your content, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can spin off so many things from mm -hmm. the podcast. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's a great way to just talk to people who might not want to talk to you otherwise, right? There's, yeah. You yeah. could reach out to a relatively big name person or popular person and say, hey, want to come on my show and talk about yourself and talk about this topic? Mm -hmm. And if you went to that person and said, hey, you want to buy my cool software? There, there's no way they're going to ever reply. So it's yeah. a nice way to build connections as well, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it sure is. Um, I think when we reach out to people to be on our show, it's very, very uh, small, a very, very small percentage of people say no. Um, yeah. And we're not talking to the Gary V's uh, and Simon Sinek's of the world. Probably they would not give me the time of day. But <laughs> um, marketers, I mean, a lot of marketers have been on multiple podcasts. They, they do it quite a bit. It's kind of a popular thing in the industry. But I would say 90% of people that we reach out to say yes. 
It's just yeah. an exciting thing. It's, it's, it creates content for yourself. So you're almost doing your guest a favor. Um, that's what I love about it is, is it does something good for them as mm-hmm. well. And I'm sure you're finding that because what your three or four episodes, are you further than that uh, in now for you guys? Yeah, no, we're at, I don't remember the actual number, about 110, 120. Oh, okay. So yeah. Good for yeah, you it's guys. Been two that's years. Awesome. Um, oh, got it. That's sick. Good for you. Yeah, so we've built it up, um, playing around with like once a week, twice a week, and uh-huh. and topics and stuff. But it, it's been interesting for sure. And yeah, like you said, if you reach out to people, it's generally well received. Um, the other thing we found really interesting is if you find a way to make a call out of who wants to be on this podcast, really great people self-select. That's right. Cool. So we've we've done that through Harrow, like help a reporter out and said, mm-hmm. hey, we have this podcast. Who's interested? And got way more replies than we could ever handle. So mm-hmm. it's. I think it's just a great way to connect with people and, and expand your reach into their networks as well. Right. Instead of just pounding content to your network over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So with you guys, what would be your number, number one strategy behind the podcast? Um, Because you mentioned a couple or is it, is it mixed? You said uh, it's a brand play. uh, It's a a content play. uh, Maybe even some ABM mixed in there. Is there a set strategy behind it? Elaborate on that for me. Yeah, it's a little bit of all those things. Mm-hmm. And it's also something that I don't think you, well, you can't really measure it super close, just the way podcast yeah, analytics <laughs> are. Um, if someone can crack that code, they'll make a lot of money, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't focus, it's totally not a Legion play for us. It's a building connection and community play and seeing what spins out of that. Um, mm-hmm. So for example, we had a guest on, I don't know, like eight months ago, really great guest, uh, really great conversation. Out of that, we decided to do this really in-depth survey together. We're starting to get a bit of coverage on that. It was a really valuable piece on inclusion and remote work and how people are feeling, which is a topic we care about. And then and other ones have joined us on our conversations at work series or written a blog post or connected with someone at their company. So it out of one conversation, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So our thought is talk to interesting people, see how you can help them and how they can help you and you can work together and just see what comes of it really. So it's been, maybe yeah. that's a naive, not well thought out play, but that's kind of been our approach to it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of companies, they, they overthink the strategy behind it, um, a podcast in particular. And I think it boils down to measurement. Uh, yeah. They want to be able to track it somehow uh, and prove that it hit generate revenue somehow. Um, but like you guys are doing, you're just kind of stepping back and just letting it naturally do what it needs to do, which I think is a great way to do it. Um, I, re- I really like that. Um, have you got, do you guys mix up like the structure of your show? I'm curious. I, I mean, this is a different direction than we had planned, but I don't, I don't care. This is, <laughs> this is going to be cool. So with your podcast, uh, yeah. do you guys have different coasts, uh, coasts, co-hosts that do things do you uh do like a solo episode with you uh do interviewing people how does how does your structure look yeah no that's a good question we played around with that a bit so we we kind of we rotate in a totally uneven random way between me and someone else at the company um Mm -hmm. bev who, who i work with and it's mostly divvied up by topics we understand better so there's certain things she just is more attuned to. So mm-hmm. employee engagement, employer branding, that is her wheelhouse. She takes those. If there's a leader who built a company from nothing to this giant company and focused on values and culture to do it, 
all join those kind of growth stories. And we, or like I have two little kids who you might hear running upstairs. So if we have a topic on how to handle living with your kids while you work and balancing all that or juggling all that, I'll take that topic. So mm-hmm. I think we have nice variety that way. Cause honestly, I just can't speak to some of the topics she can, and she probably can't to some that I can. Mm-hmm. So it gets yeah, us a nice sense. mix. We've only done a couple episodes of us talking, like just me and her having conversation. Those are actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I want to do more. Um, we just haven't really yet. And we were thinking of playing around as well with more bite-sized one. Like Sales Hacker does that really well, right? They have their, I think every Friday, they have their little five, 10 minute, super quick That's one. That's cool. Mix it up. Yeah. Rather than like, it's 20 to 30 minutes every time. And it's mm-hmm. the same format. Like I do think you need variety there. Yeah. I think that's a good way to do it because your audience can get a little stagnant for sure. Totally. Um, yeah. That's why I was curious. So, I mean, honestly though, something that helps with the, not creating that stagnant environment is kind of how you guys are mixing it up, which is cool. It's yeah. a different host. Um, have you, so what's been the feedback from uh, customers, audience, um, have you had people reach out like to get that qualitative uh, data from them to be like, Oh, this is working. Yeah. So my one totally qualitative measure of that is how many people reach out directly to us and pitch to be guests. Mm-hmm. And at first that was zero. No one had heard of us. We, That's no one ever did that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now at least a few times a week, someone is messaging on LinkedIn or sending a one pager to our podcast email address and, it's a great place to be in where we don't always have to source guests. Like we have legit quality guests on the topics we want reaching out to us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found that to be really positive. And the other part of it is like, it's a bit of a content machine, right? You'd never want to, that's the one thing I don't love about blog posts. For example, you can spend two days writing this great, well-researched 1500 word blog post maybe it ranks and it becomes this evergreen thing. Maybe you spent two days on something that gets 40 views. You never really know. (laughs) Whereas like a podcast, you can take a video and post on social, convert it to a blog post, um, use part of it as a springboard for a webinar. It's, I don't know, there's just more ways to repurpose it, I think. So you being a podcast host yourself, uh, you're probably going to be pretty used to this, but I would love uh, to give you the opportunity to ask me any questions um, just to kind of mix it up. We go back to like, the stagnant thing when it comes totally. to podcasts. Yeah. And this is one of the ways that we're trying to, to make it a little bit different. So do you have anything on your mind that you, you want to ask? Yeah, I do. And it's probably me selfishly trying to get some Intel on how I can do things better, which I think is great. Hey, who cares, man? Who cares? Um, but it is on the podcast front as well, right? Like the one thing we've maybe struggled a bit is marketing a podcast is different than marketing everyone, anything else. Right. So mm-hmm. how, how do you go about that? Like, how do you generate more exposure and get more people to tune in? Mm, yeah. I mean, we are not the best at marketing our podcast. I'll just put that out there, but yeah, we, we do, are neither. So yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think we do a few things uh, well. Um, the first one is we give content to the guest and make it optional to them. Are they going to share it? Maybe. Will they share it? Probably not, but if they do, that's that's great. So we give them the opportunity to do that. And then we post that same content. Uh, I do it on my personal LinkedIn page. Um, yeah. We post it a few weeks down the road on the, the podcast uh, business page because it doesn't get as, as much traction there. Um, and as for what we post, we, we post the entire podcast and then we take like 
the best clip. It's anywhere from 45 seconds to two minutes long. And we mm -hmm. put it into a, a micro video for LinkedIn. And that's the extent of what we do. And then we just, we don't, I see so many companies do this wrong where they say, Hey, we just dropped a new uh, podcast, check it out. And then it has yeah. the title. I don't find any value in that when I'm on LinkedIn because I'm on LinkedIn to consume content. So what we do is it's like a brand play for a brand play because the podcast is a brand play, but we chop the brand play up into another one. And we mm -hmm. put it on LinkedIn with long form written content and then the video below it. And then we just put the link to the podcast in the comments. And I feel like that's way more valuable to someone who's in an awareness channel like LinkedIn already consuming content. Will they go to the podcast? Probably not, but it might be in the back of their mind for later. Maybe you mm -hmm. pick up a subscriber or two from the comment section, which is great. And it's a slow churn. Um, I just think more companies do it wrong than right, where they're just trying to pull people off a platform to go listen to their podcasts cold turkey and hoping this organic channel just pushes everybody to the podcast. And it, it doesn't really work like that. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I have discovered some podcasts that way that you talked about where mm -hmm. they post almost a teaser, like, like you said, yeah. the top minute or so and then it gets to the point where maybe it's a cliffhanger or maybe it's just a super interesting topic and i'm like oh now i gotta listen to this thing and i've end up subscribed to a few like that um so i agree i think the other interesting thing coming up soon especially with spotify's play into it is and google as well is podcasts becoming true seo plays eventually they sort of mm -hmm. are kind of like they show up in google at the top mm -hmm. um but it's so early stages and i don't think any of us know yeah. what we're doing with that no one knows i yeah. would love to see where that goes i think that would be really interesting and i think it would drive a lot of growth for shows um my initial thought it was it would probably be like basic seo days keyword yeah. stuffing the heck out of uh <laughs> your your podcast description and stuff like that but i'm i am super curious to see where it goes um one more point that i just thought about um when it comes to like the clips and stuff yeah um I have discovered podcasts in the same way where I see clips on LinkedIn uh, over and over. And you have to think about it from a brand perspective again, because yeah. the chances of someone seeing the podcast clip their first time and then going to the podcast is pretty slim. But there are times when I've seen a clip of a podcast, uh, a different clip of the same podcast um, multiple times for five, six, seven weeks that this company yeah. will post. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is good content. I would like to check out the long form. So I think if you start thinking again, long-term instead of short-term when it comes to promoting your podcast and think, hey, we just need to be consistent with creating awareness for this in an awareness channel, creating value with the posts, mm -hmm. eventually people will naturally be driven to go listen to the long form content. Um, so I think patience is really key with anything revolving around a podcast as painful as that is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, so we've, we've made that mistake a little bit where we put one clip out the day the thing's published and mm -hmm. it's kind of it. And it's the same yeah. thing across multiple social channels and what opened my eyes there. I was actually a guest on a different podcast content call out and mm -hmm. they promoted the hell out of my episode, like way more than I ever have for any of our guests. And it yeah. made me feel bad. Like we need to do a better job promoting it. And it was mm -hmm. multiple days of Twitter promotion, a bunch of LinkedIn posts with different clips in different mm -hmm. visual formats. Um, and like you said, that, that is a more long-term play and 
hopefully yeah. some people saw two or three clips and thought, oh, this is interesting. So mm -hmm. I, I learned a lot from that and I do want to improve how we do it because we could definitely do a better job. Yeah, I think it just boils down to the, the team that you have in place to do it. Um, yep. Because once you bite off more than you can chew, then it's going to be overwhelming for every single episode. But I think yep. if you can just stack on what you're, can, you've, you're already doing, and maybe you've been doing one video for uh, each episode for the past six months, and now it's time for two and a, a graphic or a quote, um, yep. whatever it is, and test something, some things out, I think it's you can definitely scale up into that. Um, because again, it's just more eyeballs, uh, which is even better. Were, were they were they transparent on like the reach that they were able to get from the podcast because of that? I haven't talked to them about that. That is a conversation yeah. I want to have. I've done a, a couple of things with them and they've been great every single time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would be curious to hear that because I, I know roughly what we get versus on our brand channel versus me posting um, versus other people posting and kind of all combined. Mm -hmm. So I'd be curious the reach they get when I think we're similar ish sized. Uh, my yeah. guess is they're doing a better job in getting more eyeballs. So that's why I want <laughs> to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are uh, not, again, not the best at, at repurposing. We, we do try and we do what we have the capability to do. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm always just scrolling LinkedIn, trying to see what other people are doing. Um, and hopefully it'll spark an idea for myself. I think yeah. one of the biggest things is to think about how you consume content yourself. And I actually, I actually thought about this the other day. How did I discover the last two podcasts, three podcasts that are yeah. now my core podcasts that I listen to? Um, the first one was a relationship that I built with the, the host. And now mm -hmm. I actually know him and I enjoy listening to their show because I, I know the guy. So yeah, that's more word of mouth. Um, the second one was they had really good content on LinkedIn and they weren't even posting about their podcast. This person just had great content on LinkedIn. And eventually I had consumed so much of the short term or short term, short uh, form content that I naturally yeah. wanted to go listen to the long form. So I get it. I mean, it, it exactly how it plays out for a lot of people, I'm sure. And then the last one was exactly the same way, but this guy posts videos all the time. So he yep. posts videos on LinkedIn, um, clips of his podcast, just clips of him talking. And naturally I, I enjoy his content so much that again, I wanted to go listen to the long form. So there's three different ways as a consumer, I did that. So you just have to dissect and say, how do I really find a podcast? Mm -hmm. Because the ways we are promoting them don't correlate with how people are just consuming content. Yeah, absolutely. I So I've discovered podcasts all those ways. And the other one I'll add is, I guess I'd frame it as like cross promotion from other podcasts. So either oh, the person good. was a guest or a podcast I really enjoy, they name drop a podcast they listen to. And because the the original podcast host has a lot of credibility, I listen to them all mm -hmm. the time. I'm like, okay, they're they know what they're talking about. I'm gonna go check this out. Yeah. So the I word think word of mouth thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I there's so many podcasts, but there's also so many eyeballs that like you're not really competing with others. So Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. freely cross-promoting, mentioning ones you like and being open is the way to go rather than thinking like I need yeah. to hoard this audience and keep it to myself. <laughs> People listen to multiple shows. Um, I listen yeah. to a few myself. So throwing another one into the mix is not a bad thing at all. Um, yeah. We have time for, for another question. If you have anything else that you, you want to throw my way. No, I'll, I'll, let me, hold on. Actually, let me take that back. Let me think for a sec. <laughs> um. So we talked about this a little bit, but the one thing 
that seems to be growing a whole bunch is LinkedIn in general, but kind mm -hmm. of the individual like personal brand posting their content approach on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, so you having your agency and everything, I'd love to hear your approach and maybe how important LinkedIn is as a channel to you. Mm -hmm. um, LinkedIn as a channel is the driver of our company right now when yeah. it comes to inbound leads, when it comes to brand awareness, and when it comes to even middle of funnel, just nurturing people that may have reached out or are on the cusp of uh, wanting to do business with us. Um, so yeah. that's what is honestly driving what we do. Um, and we are taking a different approach than most companies, especially in the agency space are taking, um, where we don't have an outbound sales team calling people, emailing people saying, Hey, uh, do you need a new website? We don't focus on SEO at all. Yep. We are focusing and maybe down the road, we can do those things, but we are, I guess, trying to prove a point, uh, <laughs> that this can work without those. Um, yep. will it take time? Absolutely. Has it taken time? Absolutely. But LinkedIn is paying off. And a lot of people might look at that and say, well, what happens if, if LinkedIn disappears? Um, I like to think that we've created a brand where we just go look for the next platform and reinvent the wheel and start over from there. Um, yeah. We know how to do it. You just create valuable content for your audience in short form. That's literally what we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. And it drives what we're doing. And because of that, we can have a podcast um, running in the background where just like we talked about, people follow what I'm doing on LinkedIn and then they go to the podcast and now they're a subscriber. Maybe they're listening from here on out and who cares about LinkedIn down the road? They disconnect or, or something happens. They don't see our stuff anymore. You have a podcast. So yeah. that's our strategy behind it. Um, it's very, very well working for us. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just not traditional and not many people like that, but uh, we're okay taking the chance on it. Yeah, no, I like that. And I'll, take an attempt to tie this back to our original topic a little bit, but I think it's working for you probably because you're not measuring it and you're not gating it and yeah. mm -hmm. viewing leads that way. Um, I mean, being in marketing, I get agency pitches multiple times a day mm -hmm. offering a free assessment, or I looked at your website and yeah. I can tell by the email they didn't like that stuff just <laughs> doesn't really fly anymore. Uh, so yeah. same thing with us when we've discovered companies we want to partner with from that capacity it mm -hmm. is usually, I've seen them do good work and promote good content online somewhere. Yeah. So I think a lot of marketers, that's how they're going to hire. So uh, yeah, I think you're a bit ahead of the, the trend there, hopefully. Yeah, I, I yeah. really do think that people are going to catch on because I see some doing it, but then again, yeah. they're also doing a lot of the same tactics and practices that companies in our sphere are doing. Um, yeah. Just hoping that the blog posts will bring an inbound lead and it's just... I just feel like there's a different way and mm -hmm. it's working um, very well. It's just very slow churn. Um, yeah. but the cool thing is it's going to stack and continue to grow. So I'm in it for the long haul. Um, and if you're listening to this, I would definitely encourage you to try it. LinkedIn's a great channel for the B2B space. You just have to have the patience for it. Yep. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of the, the takeaway and the general theme of what we talked about is you yeah. have to be <laughs> in everything for the long term, right? Like Heck yeah, man. you, can't measure everything. You can't expect to put a piece of content and get a customer. It doesn't work like that right away. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, well, Hey, that's a great place to, to end it. Let's go ahead. I would like to hear though, um, like your elevator pitch of Jostle. So what do you guys do? 
Yeah, for sure. So I often refer to us as the reluctant internet because we do play in the internet space, but we view things uh -huh. different. Um, so we want to focus on the people and the individual and giving them an online home where they can communicate, collaborate, work together rather than a place where you dump your files. So we're trying to like bring internet back almost would be a super lame way of putting it, but just being a new version of that, that is actually useful and relevant in today's world because we think the whole industry and space needs a, you know, a bit of a facelift to get things working properly there. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, well, Dustin, it's been great having you here. Um, not, I, I like it when we totally just go off and just start talking about things we're passionate about. So yeah. if you were listening to this, we were actually just going to talk about like the MQL model, MQL model. <laughs> How can I not say that today? I'm just talking too fast, <laughs> but uh, we had a, we had an agenda, but I don't care. This is way more fun to talk about uh, podcasting. So yeah. um, love how it tied in Dustin. It's been great having you here. I appreciate you joining me on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was, that was a lot of fun.